What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Curveballs and Chair Shots. My name is Brandon Tanguma. Sitting electronically more than six feet away from me is my lovely and esteemed co-host, Dominic Hobson. Dominic, how are you doing today on this lovely Friday night? Brandon, I'm doing lovely because I am drinking one of the best beverages you can drink. It is a, uh, well, why don't you tell them the story, Brandon? Well, unfortunately, as you guys may be aware of, we are in a global pandemic, which means we are unable to use our A's access to go to the Oakland A's games at the Coliseum, which means we can't drink the beers that are at the Coliseum. And last year, 2019, me, as well as Dominic, and even the studio audience who does not like beer, but she actually, does she like this one, Dominic? Well, she doesn't hate it. Uh, she, okay, when I mentioned it to her, she said, it's all right. Which is high praise coming from the studio audience who absolutely hates beer. But we came across a Michelob Ultra Infusion, which is prickly pear and cactus. Correct, Dominic? Something to that nature. And we can't find it anywhere in the world except for the Coliseum. Dominic trying to be funny because he muted his microphone. He's trying to talk to me. But I can't hear him. And now he's laughing. But anyways, yes, Dominic finally found his love, his Michelob Ultra prickly pear. And now he's drinking it on the podcast. So maybe we get drunk, Dominic, at the end. Who knows? Dominic, your thoughts on the prickly pear and you finally finding it, your gold chalice or whatever it's called. I don't know what what I'm going with this. So when I was yelling at you because I didn't know my mic was muted, I was yelling, restart the podcast, restart it. I, I, I couldn't hear a word because I hit, I was, for some reason, lost all hearing in my headset. Didn't realize there's a little thingy right here that adjusts the volume. So I was freaking out and just total chaos. And then you're like, and then I figured it out and I turned it on. You're like, oh, Dominic uh, is muted. So, you know, but anyways, I am ecstatic. It tastes amazing. Um, I mean... I'm actually surprised. I mean, I wish it was in the cans, but I'm not complaining. It's delicious. Go try it. It's amazing. Martin's Liquor, East 14th, amazing. Yes, and I almost got ran over by a a homeless woman on the way there. So that was a lot of fun. But we had a lot of stuff to talk about during this pandemic. We have our sports schedule just all out of whack. I think this is the Thursday was the first time ever we had a – NHL playoff game, NBA, no, no NBA yesterday, but first time we had an NHL playoff game, a football game, and a major golf tournament. So we're just breaking all sorts of records right here. We have a bunch of stuff to get into. We got MLB, NBA, and NFL. But first, we're going to talk about the MLB. Only a week left into the season, and the Major League Baseball has come out to say that they are changing up the format. They will go to a bubble for the 2020 playoffs. So we will get into the brackets and do our little predictions and think what the whole landscape will look like. But Dominic, we have the American League taking place in SoCal, the National League taking place in Texas, San Diego and LA for the American League, 
Arlington and Houston for the National League, culminating in Arlington, Texas, the new home of the Texas Rangers. So, Dominic, your thoughts on this bubble, which technically is a bubble, but it's like four different bubbles that then goes into two different bubbles, but then there's also family members that are involved. And it's your, your thoughts on the MLB bubble coming together. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea, but to have so many, it could possibly be confusing. I'm happy that they're finally adopting this so-called protocol. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's going to work, though. I mean, if, you, if you've been paying attention, unlike me, because I don't do that, um, people still do what they want. I mean, look at the NBA. They're in a bubble. People do what they want. So I don't know how how well it's going to be. I know MLB players, you know, could be different than basketball players. But, I mean, four bubbles down to two bubbles down to technically one bubble. It's going to be kind of hard to control, in my opinion. Yeah, I understand where they're coming from, trying to limit it. From a travel standpoint, it definitely is going to cut down on travel. The opening wildcard series will take place in the higher seeds home ballpark. So that's not going to change. But now you have a bubble in San Diego, a bubble in LA, a bubble in Arlington and Houston. It does have somewhat of an advantage for that top, uh, the top bracket in Arlington because they're not going to have to move whatsoever. But the playoffs will move a little quicker than we're normally used to it because there's not going to be travel days. And I think there's going to be a lot more back-to-back games, which will be a lot of fun to see. But yeah, as you said, Dominic, I mean, having four separate bubbles and with it being families are involved in it, how good can this bubble actually be? I understand where they're coming from. It's a nice idea on paper, but I mean, when it all comes down together, I think it doesn't really matter. The question I want to ask you, Mr. Baseball Wizard, is having if so if the games are going to be played more likely back to back, less travel days, well, pretty much no travel days now. Um, do you think this would have an effect on the outcome of games? Because you know what usually happens is, you know, there's team, uh, you know, series where they go the whole a lot of games, or there's sweeps, and then there's like a week rest period. Do you think? having these games so close together not having that same amount of rest in between would affect it? I think it definitely is going to affect the pitching because you have the NL, the, you have the division series happening in five straight days. I believe the championship series, seven straight days. So you're going to have games back to back to back, but it's playoffs. So usually it's always all hands on deck. You're not going to rest your uh, closer just because he pitched on back to back days, things like that. But it will be taxing if your starting pitcher doesn't do well in games one and two, and you have to rely on that bullpen, then maybe at the back half, that's going to affect the team going on. But who exactly knows? I think for the most part, you know, there's good bullpens, good pitching in here. And that's kind of how a lot of these teams got to this situation. But I think the bubble, it'll be fine. We've seen in basketball, in hockey, that the bubbles have worked. Now, baseball hasn't had a serious outbreak since the Cardinals a few weeks. Well, I guess the whole season's only a few weeks, but at the beginning of the season, and we had seen the A's get it under control, we've seen the Reds get it under control. So I think Major League Baseball, just kind of the world in general, is kind of to start to understand how this thing works, and we're not seeing it, you know, fall apart like it was earlier on in the season. But 
let's actually get into real baseball talk, Dominic. We have the standings a week left, unless you have anything else on the bubble. Nope, you're good. I mean, I like blowing bubbles, but other than that, it's fine. All right, so in the American League, it's pretty much all set in stone. We have the White Sox, who have clinched their first playoff spot since 2008. They are the overall number one seed. Well, in the American League, we got the Tampa Bay Rays in second place, only a half game back of the White Sox, so they can overtake them. And then the A's, they are the first place in the West, kind of not really locked at the three seed, but they are about two games back. So that those first three teams can move up. And then we have the Minnesota twins who are behind about two and a half games in the central. And then the Indians are there as well. 27 and 23. They're a little farther back. So maybe they're going to clinch up that wild card spot. And then the Yankees who have been falling apart recently because they are injured, but they are getting back on track. And then the Astros, they are pretty much locked in that six seed with the Mariners kind of behind them, but it looks as though they're going to be falling off. And then we got the Indians at the seventh seed, Toronto at the eighth seed. So for the most part in the American League, everything is kind of set in stone. The only team that could have a chance of sneaking in there is the, Mar- the Mariners. But for, for the most part, all eight of these teams that I went over, they're pretty much going to go to the, the playoffs. What's uh, I hate to put you on the spot. What's the uh, How many games are they back of uh, Houston? to overtake them, but you know off the top of your head? Well, looking at the standings, right now, the Astros are 25 and 25. The Mariners are 22 and 28, so that would make them three games back, which they can make that up. Only a week left to make up four games. It could happen. Astros kind of hitting their stride a little bit. Obviously, Altuve, Bregman, guys like that, you know, they're not really up to full strength, but... I think the Astros will keep it together. I think they will hold on to that that second wild card. And right now it's looking as though the A's will face the Astros. Looks like the Astros, are the, at least the second West team, is going to be in that sixth seed. And whoever gets that sixth seed will be the third seed, unless the A's just go on an absolute tear. I feel as though they're going to be in that, that third seed, but I think it also helps them because they've really been able to handle the Astros a lot. And if you kind of look, whether that be the Twins or the Indians in that five seed or even the Yankees, I think the Astros seemingly are the easiest opponents as of this moment, just because I feel, you know, those other teams have a much better pitching staff that can really just shut you down. And Chapman's hurt, so. Well, Chapman might be hurt, but they did sign Jake Lamb from Dominic's Arizona Diamondbacks, and he has not been doing too bad. Yes, he might not have the best batting average right now, but since he's been on the A's, He's been doing well. He's been uh, getting a lot of extra base hits, getting some RBIs. Now, you know, I don't need too much about the A's, but the A's have been, I didn't pick them to win the West. It was more like, okay, I don't want to pick them because I don't want to jinx them. But the A's have been doing fantastic, 31 and 19. And yet they've done all this without really being at their full strength. Chris Davis hasn't done that much. Obviously Matt Chapman done for this season. Marcus Simeon even hasn't been doing that well. So the pitching staff has really been the thing that's been holding them together. And if the offense can get its shit together, which they produce not on like a everyday basis, but it's kind of like every single day, there's a new person who will get the job done. But I think if the A's can get their shit together for the playoffs, which we haven't said that since like 2008, I think that this team can be very scary and could make a run. Oh, I mean that that's one thing that you, I always think about when it comes, especially seeing what happened last year in the uh, wild card game. It just the last baseball game we've ever been to. 
Yep, and you never know what could happen next year. Sometimes I wonder as well. But let's go on to the National League. Yeah, so next week we'll kind of go over our full uh, preview and everything like that. But we over in the National League, we have the Los Angeles Dodgers at the number one seed. They just came off a series win against the Padres. People were thinking that maybe the Padres could overtake the Dodgers and bring them that number one seed. Seemingly that AL West one-two punch with the Dodgers and the Padres are a lot of people's two favorites to make it out of the West. And Dominic, do you feel as though that is correct? The Dodgers, the Padres, those two teams are the favorites and most likely will be the two teams coming out of the, the uh, National League because they pl- are playing so well. Most likely. Um, it's one of those things where you, you can't really deny you know, the two best teams. So I just feel like, which correct me if I'm wrong, um, what's his name is back, right? Uh, for the Dodgers, the pitcher, Joe Kelly, right? Joe Kelly. I have not been keeping up on Joe Kelly news like I should be, but I can look into that, Dominic, if you want me Cause, to. Well, because he was suspended, right? Well, he the... was hurt and he was suspended. Uh, he was okay. hurt, and then as soon as he comes back from his injury, then he can play again. Oh, so maybe that's okay. So, I, I mean, regardless, regardless of him, I mean, I, I still put my money more on the Dodgers. The Padres kind of, I think, are hit and miss. The Dodgers are kind of a little more up to par. So, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Then over there in the central, we have the Chicago Cubs at 30 and 20. Then the second place team, my Cincinnati Reds, also Mr. X's Cincinnati Reds. They have finally put some shit together. They are starting to play some good baseball at the end of the season. Uh, The Reds are 25 and 26, so they're below 500. They are only about four and a half, five games back of the Cubs off the top of my head. The Cubs, one of those teams that just like the A's, they, they're doing well. They're getting wins. I still feel as though they haven't hit their peak. I thought that, uh, you know, I wasn't too high on the, the Cubs, but they have put some stuff together. And the Reds finally getting their shit together, Dominic. I mean, I was ready to talk some fucking Red shit. Be like, you know, to you and Mr. X and be like, mm, where are your Reds at now? But, you know, I guess it helps if I pay attention a little more to, uh, baseball but cubs i think i ever since that world series victory a couple of few years back i don't i feel like the cubs have fallen off i don't think they have the right chemistry anymore uh but then again what the fuck do i know then on the east we have the atlanta braves at 29 and 21 in second place everybody's underdog everyone's favorite we were all clowning them at the beginning of the season but they are here the Miami Marlins are above 500 and in contention for the playoff. They're standing at 25 and 24, about four or five games back as well of the Braves. So probably not going to overtake the Braves to get that one spot in the East. But they are, I wouldn't say comfortable because there are a lot of teams log jammed in the East at the moment. The Phillies are at 25 and 25 and the Mets are down at 23 and 27. So it's really the Phillies and the Miami Marlins. So, you know, flip-flop those two teams that they could finish in the second spot. But it seems though, you know, those two teams are both going to make the playoffs. I think the Phillies finally are playing some good baseball behind Bryce Harper. And we're just going to ignore my Washington Nationals East pick because they are down at the bottom. Are they the worst? They are not the worst team. They're the third worst team in the National League 
at 19 and 29. But they're also right there with Dominic's pick from the West, the Arizona Diamondbacks at 19 and 32. So, Dominic, we're right there. We're right with each other. I mean, I just find it hilarious that, I mean, if this was last year, I would have picked the Giants from the from the West. But I was like, oh, no, I think the Diamondbacks are going to be a sleeper pick. Fuck, was I wrong. Speaking of those San Francisco Giants, they are in contention right now for that wild card spot there, the number seven seed ahead of the Philadelphia Phillies, 25 and 24. You got the Cardinals, the Brewers, and the Mets, the three teams on the out looking in, both at 23, 24, 26, 27, obviously, with all these suspended games and everything. There's still double headers to be played. But the Giants, very like the Marlins, a surprise team. They're not really exciting. There's nothing they really do well. They just scrap together some wins. They get some hits, and they get the job done. Are you? What's more likely to happen? The Marlins win the World Series or the Giants win the World Series? What do you think? I would say the Marlins are more likely to win the World Series just because they have that pitching. Sixto Sanchez is absolutely – he is scary. And if you get the Marlins in that division – in the wild card series – you know, they got the starting pitching that I think could shut down a team and they could, they can make a mini run. I'm not going to say they're going to shut down the Dodgers, the Padres, but I think they could make a little bit of a run and get out of the wild card and into the, one of those four bubbles. All right. We'll have to wait and see Brandon. We will have to wait and see. So just quickly, we're going to go over the postseason as it would stand today. We would have the Dodgers facing the Phillies. I think we both would have the Dodgers beating the Phillies in that one as Dominic gives a thumbs up because uh, for some reason he's messing with his microphones and headsets and he's just all over the place at the moment. So then we have the Miami Marlins going up against those San Diego Padres. And as I said, I think the Marlins could possibly sneak away with the win here. If the pitching does really come together and shut their shit down, but it is the Padres. Uh, They're really fun to watch. I want them to make it just so I can see more Padres baseball. Is it because you like Manny Machado, or is it just because... Manny Machado can go fuck off. <laughs> I like Fernando Tatis. Oh, I forgot about him on that team. Sorry, sorry. You forgot about Fernando Tatis on the Padres. I've, I've, the last Dominic, time I saw him... you have said some stupid shit on this podcast, but forgetting that Fernando Tatis is on the San Diego Padres, that is right up there at the top of the list. I fucking quit. I fucking quit. You know, Dominic, it's been a while since they used that gimmick, so I had to break it out. Then we got the Reds taking on the Braves. Another three-game series. Who knows that Reds pitching? I kept saying, the starting pitching, maybe the bullpen isn't as good as it could have been. But I think with that starting pitching, Trevor Bauer, possibly your National League Cy Young winner, Luis Castillo, getting his shit together. I think that could be a dangerous pitching staff that can make some noise in the playoffs. No. No, okay, Dominic just hating on me and Mr. X's Reds. Then down at the bottom, we got those San Francisco Giants taking on the Chicago Cubs. Interesting matchup. I mean, if this was 2016, 2014, uh, we would have expected this, but we don't expect the Niners, not the Niners, the Giants, to make that type of run. But who exactly knows? It's three games. Donnie Barrels can do some shit. Yastrzemski can hit a couple bombs, and they fuck around and win the, win the series. I mean, let's not get carried away here. You know, Buster Posey's not playing, and they don't have Joe Panic anymore. So, what's the point of even cheering for him? Exactly. Now, going over to the American League, the number one seed is the Chicago White Sox, and they will take on the eight seed Toronto Blue Jays. Our friend over at Trapdoor to Hell, Tyler, is very high on the Blue Jays. I think this could be a very fun series to watch. I do think the White Sox are, would 
get their shit together and they would play and play well and get the win here. Then we get the Yankees and the Twins. Both teams just absolutely mash. The Yankees are the Twins' daddies, so I think for the meme of the things, I would pick the Yankees just to destroy the Twins because they always destroy the Twins. So basically you're telling me for, the, for those two series, I'm going with the White Sox because Tyler always picks the wrong team, and I'm going with the Twins because you know, I you're wrong. the wrong team. Exactly. And then down in L.A., we would be watching the A's and the Astros. I kind of already talked about that. I think the A's, as long as the pitching is well and the hitting doesn't just fall off a cliff like it normally does in the playoffs, I think the A's are able to handle the Astros. And then the Indians would take on the Rays. Both teams are very similar in terms of they want to establish dominance on the mound. Shane Bieber, clear-cut, runaway, American League Cy Young winner. It's only a matter of a question if he's going to win the MVP. And then you got... Uh, Charlie Morton, you know, uh, Tyler Glass now and such over there at Tampa Bay. So this might not be a fun series to watch because there's going to be a lot of shutdown pitching, but it's also a toss-up of who could win. I mean, I, I'm a fan for, for shutdown pitching. Not that I don't enjoy, you know, hits and home runs and doubles and all that kind of stuff, but, I mean, to see someone just fucking dominate a fucking, you know, one through nine, I, I actually do enjoy watching that. As I said, if you want to see somebody mash the ball, go watch that Twins-Yankees series, if it does happen. Now, we go from the Major League Baseball bubble to the NBA bubble. We got the conference championships on going right now. On the East, the Miami Heat, as Dominic said last week, the Heat are on fire because they have gone up two games to zero against those Boston Celtics. Celtics uh, lose late in both games. The Celtics had a lead for a long period of time in game two, but the heat come back and win Dominic, your thoughts on the heat on is, and there was also reports that there was yelling and screaming and chairs being thrown. Marcus smart being seen cussing and yelling. Don't know if it's trouble in paradise in Boston and the heat can maybe take advantage of this, but your thoughts on what's going on in the East right now. I mean, I, I said it yet yeah, last week, the heat, I'm not going to say are on fire. Cause that's so cliche, but they are definitely, bringing the heat that one better or worse than last week one might say the heat is on i like that i can dig that i can dig with that um no i i i think whatever the heat are doing it's working um i i haven't been paying attention just because i've been working so much but uh whatever combo butler and whoever else is on that floor i don't don't even know what the fuck their lineup looks like um but it's working whatever they're doing is working. I don't know if Boston is crumbling, so to speak, but I feel like Boston, they are, they're always, they always tend to kind of lose the first couple games, win the next couple. And then it's kind of a toss up from there. So I, I, I think Boston will take three and four for some reason. And then the heat will just go on a rampage from there. I think overall, the Celtics are actually the better team. If they play together, if they play at their full capacity, but just, the Celtics can't play at the full capacity. Kemba Walker has been kind of hit or miss lately. And as you saw, I mean, they were, they had a a good little lead over 10 points against the heat, but then they kind of fell off in the second half, the heat come back and the heat just have, you know, enough three point shooting enough good defense. I think it's really the defense that's been helping out the, uh, the heat in this series. And I agree with you. I don't think it's going to be a sweep. I do think the Celtics will pull together stage off that three Oh loss, they come, you know, come back, win game three, but I think the Heat will win it in five. Now, moving on to the West Coast, before we talk about the actual 
finale, Western finale, we got to talk about the semis because the Nuggets came back from a 3-1 deficit yet again and beat the Los Angeles Clippers. Now there's memes, everyone calling that the Clippers choke, Paul George can't do anything in the playoffs, Kawhi Leonard's trash, blah, 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 blah. Dominic, obviously we're going to talk about the Nuggets later, but your thoughts on the Clippers and how this affects them going forward and what the hell happened? I mean, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. It, it's, it's Kawhi's fault. He should have stayed with Toronto. Could have kept, you know, I think if he would have stayed in Toronto, you would have Giannis would have stayed in, well, Will would have stayed. Will, he hasn't left yet, technically. So if, if Kawhi would have stayed, I think Giannis most likely would stay. You know, I think it kind of sets up a realm of, you know, East, you know, East versus West Coast kind of thing. I don't know where the fuck I'm going with this. I'm just fucking muttering. Is thinking, Doc Rivers going to be the head coach of the Clippers next year? Hell fucking no, he shouldn't. I think Doc, Doc Rivers is a fucking joke. Damn. I'm sorry. Hot takes. But, I mean, the meme continues. The Clippers can't get out of the second round of the Western Conference. I mean, I as I said, I picked the Clippers to make it all the way. I had them winning the whole damn thing. So, I'm not going to sit here and you know make excuses. The Nuggets just outplayed them, and I've kind of been a Nuggets hater throughout this playoffs. I picked the Jazz to win. They didn't. I picked the Clippers to win. They didn't. Both of them go to seven games. The Nuggets were able to uh, pull it out. Now, going to the finals, we got those Lakers going up against those Denver Nuggets. The game is going on as we speak, and right now the Lakers are up four points against the Nuggets, so definitely not a blowout by any means. I'm done questioning the Nuggets. But I'm still going to go against them. I think the Lakers get the job done. I'm not going to sit here and be like Skip Bayless and say, oh, the Lakers have a clear path to the finals. Now the Clippers were the only team that can beat them. And now that the Clippers aren't in it, the Lakers are just going to steamroll through everybody. I think the Nuggets with Jamal Murray and Jokic together are a deadly combination because you got one guy on the outside, one guy on the inside who can tear you apart. And, But I think the Lakers will figure out a way i don't think it's gonna be a blow up by any means not a sweep i will go with the lakers in six i think i'll go with the nuggets in seven uh i the nuggets and are out the last two rounds exactly the nuggets are scrappy enough that they can they can pull something out of their ass when they need it so i i'm, I'm gonna go with denver in seven just because i think I, I think the lakers will get off to a really hot start but i think nuggets will kind of you know, def- defend their, their turf, so to speak. And, you know, you'll see a great game seven. All right. Now we've gone to major league baseball. We've gone to the NBA. So now let's finally go to the NFL before we enter everyone's favorite segment. We're just going to recap what happened on Thursday. We got, well, unless, you know, Dominic, fuck it. We're just going to go straight into it. What, what is it? What are we going to do right now? Dominic, what is everyone's favorite segment? Oh, I believe that is, uh, <clears throat> really? You had a sneeze. I'm about to Damn. say Dominic's pick and you just totally sneeze block me. Totally. Jesus. Let's try this again. <clears throat> Dominic's picks. Bum, bum. So last week, Dominic actually beat me in Dominic's picks by a single game. Dominic went 12 and 5. I went 11 and 6. Now we forgot 
to pick the Thursday night game last week, so I had to bombard Dominic with text messages and called him, and we both picked the Bengals, so we both got a, an L on that one. But we actually had a pretty fun game yesterday on Thursday night football. The Cincinnati Bengals traveled to Cleveland, Battle of Ohio. Unfortunately, Mr. X, I'm sorry. The Bengals lost 32-35. Now, we'll take this from both sides. Dominic, your thoughts on Cle- on Let's go with Cleveland first since they won. They got absolutely destroyed against the Ravens last week. One of the best teams in the league. Then they go up against the Bengals. Maybe one of the you know lower-end teams in the league. They beat them. So what would you say is more the Browns? What we saw this week or what we saw last week? I, I'm going to put my money on what we saw last week. Um, granted, not to take any, anything away from the Bengals, I think the Bengals showed – what the the potential that they have uh it's it's not a matter of you know that they suck or anything like that it's just you know it rookie quarterback you got to give him time to get familiar with with play calling and the players and and you know you know and just the fact that you're in the nfl now you're not in college anymore but i think for the browns i think it's it it's going to be a lot more of what we saw last week and even last season so I think it might be a little bit of cop, a cop-out answer, but I think it's going to be a melding of the two. Browns are going to brown, but I think if I had to pick one, I would say it's going to be a little bit more like this week. I think the OBJ talks, people saying that he's getting traded. I think, you know, OBJ had a big game yesterday. I think they're going to sort of figure it out. The running back situation, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, maybe the best one-two punch in the league. If the Browns are winning, they want to run with Chubb. If they're losing, they're going to want to throw the ball and put Kareem Hunt in there because he's kind of more of a playmaker. But I think the Browns will be kind of – I'm not going to say successful, but I think they'll, they'll be okay. They'll win a handful of games, maybe flirt with the playoff spot, which I kind of forgot to say. I forget we, don't, we didn't take into account that there is that extra playoff spot. Maybe the Browns sneak in that way. But on the other hand, Cincinnati, I do agree with you. I do think that there was – a lot of bright spots with Joe Burrow. There was flashes of what he did at LSU on the pro level. I think he's really good and he's going to be good for a long time. So as long as contracts and everything works out that way, Cincinnati has a good quarterback on their hands. I was trying to be really cool and use this thing as like tapping my mute button. But yeah, um, do you, the question I want to ask you, and I hope this isn't another way for you to say Dominic, you said some pretty stupid fucking things, but this is a stupid thing. Um, do you, is there a chance that you, you, you would see uh, the Bengals trading Burrow for anyone? Why? Okay. The whole point of the NFL is to get that star number one quarterback. And it's even better because he's on a rookie contract. So you're able to build around him with elite players because you're not paying your star elite quarterback millions and millions of dollars. So why the hell would you trade him for somebody else? I'm not saying trade him this season or next season. I'm saying when his contract comes up, if he is still playing the potential he's playing, would you see them trading for anything else? Or do you think he's already proven that he's worth money? I mean, it's only been two weeks. You can't. I'm not giving him Patrick Mahomes money by any means or even Dak Prescott to Sean Watson money. But I would say he's showing bright spots. And whenever his contract comes up in the next few years, he's probably going to get paid as long as he sticks to what he's what we've seen the last two weeks. Okay. Told you it's a stupid question. 
Well, then why'd you ask it? Because there are no stupid questions. You should know that. Just stupid people asking questions. Fuck you. All right, so now we're going to actually get into Dominic's picks. We have bum, bum. the New York football giants traveling to Chicago to take on the Bears. Now, with COVID, obviously going to Chicago might not mean what it used to. The Giants played against that staunch Pittsburgh Steelers defense. The Bears also pretty good defense as well. Tough back-to-back games for Danny Dimes. I think the Giants will put up a little bit more of a fight than what they did last week. I mean, they were in that game. If Daniel Jones didn't throw that late game, terrible interception, they were there within a score. They could have maybe came back and won the game. I think the Giants' defense is just trash. So I think that's what's really going to hurt them in games. And I think Chicago wins this one. Are you saying they, are you, are you saying they win it large margin or? I think it's the, it's, it might only, it might be like what happened last week with the bears and the lions. Trubisky, not very good at the beginning, kind of figures it out, makes a few good plays because that defense is very bad. The lions defense also very banged up. So it's kind of on the same level as the giants. So I would go with the bears. Mainly just because I think the defense of the Giants is going to lose them a lot of games this year. I think the offense will keep them in games, but if the Giants' defense is on the field at the end of the game to try to you know make a game-winning stop, I think more often than not, they're not going to be able to get the job done. Well, you don't need a game-winning stop if you're throwing fucking touchdowns. I'm going with the Giants. Okay, then we go over to Philadelphia as the Eagles host the Los Angeles Rams who are coming off of a win as they christen their new stadium. They beat the Dallas Cowboys last week in prime time. The Rams take on the Eagles. Eagles losing to the Washington football team. Not a great start to (laughs) their season. I think the Eagles want to bounce back, but I I did like what I saw from the Rams. I think the Rams, their offense – I said last week that they weren't able to get those opportunities and, you know, click on all cylinders. I think even it was the same as last week. They were able to get down into the red zone. They couldn't punch it in. Now, I don't know how much of that is, you know, unlucky or how much of that is just them not being good. But I think the Rams will get the job done and beat the Eagles. I know it might be a must. It's kind of early for must win games. I think the the Eagles don't want to lose two games in the in you know first two weeks. But I think the Rams will win here. I mean, part of me wants to go against you just because, you know, I feel like the Eagles have the potential, but I think the Rams are kind of going to keep riding this high. So I think I'll agree with you and go with the Rams. I think Goff, Goff is a decent quarterback. I know he got a lot of shit last season because, you know, they lost the Super Bowl the season before and they kind of, you know, that curse or whatever. But I think Goff, you know, maybe he throws like four touchdown passes to Cooper Cup, you know, who cares? Yes, just Cooper Cup, not Robert Woods or anything like that, which the Rams extended Robert Woods, so he's going to be a very happy man on a Sunday. Then one of the more marquee games on the slate, we have the Atlanta Falcons taking on those Dallas Cowboys. As I said, the Cowboys lost to the Rams last week in primetime. The the Falcons, wrong birds, they lose to the Seagulls, another bird team, in a shootout. I think this is going to be more of the same, another shootout, very high scoring. It is going to be in Jerry World. As I said, with the Eagles, the Cowboys do not want to lose those first two games. I think they figured out the defense may be a little suspect for the Cowboys a little more than it, they should be. But I do think it's better than the Falcons and the Cowboys get to one and one 
because the Cowboys are always a 500 team, no matter what the expectations are. Uh, I'll go. I think I'll go with the Falcons just because the, I had, I really don't like the Cowboys all that much, but at Matt Ryan and Jones, I think going to click in all cylinders. Then we get the Carolina Panthers who were also in a shootout against those Las Vegas Raiders. They came up short. Unfortunately, they take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That new look offense, new look team faced the Saints last week. It did not get the job done. Dominic, what were your thoughts on Tampa Bay? Tom Brady looked all right. Mike Evans wasn't really able to do anything in that game. He was dealing with an injury. We get Chris Godwin rumor, or he's in concussion protocol. He might not play. So the, that, staunch offense that everyone's talking about not off to a hot start i am severely disappointed uh the only chance i had of winning my matchup was for tom brady to produce 40 or more like he was projected to do and he he blew balls he blew it he fucking blew it you know when russell wilson goes off for like fucking 65 70 points i'm like oh brady can do it no he fucking can't so I'm gonna give Brady. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Buccaneers. I'm gonna give. Tom, I'm putting faith in Tom Brady. I need fucking like 500 yards, like seven touchdowns. Fucking help your boy out. Dominic, not, we, we, fantasy football is at the end of Dominic's picks. We can't just use your football mind, not your fantasy football mind. Even if I do I'll think s- the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think will win this game. I. It's not going to be a blowout by any means, but I think the Bucks will win handily. That the Panthers' offense, I think, can keep up because they have a lot of skilled players. But I think the Buccaneers will figure their shit out and they will get the win because Ronald Jones is going to score like twenty thousand points, which has nothing to do with my fantasy football team. Christian McCaffrey's going to run for like seven million yards. Then we get the. San Francisco 49ers who came off of the upset, which I told you was going to happen against the Arizona Cardinals. The 49ers look for a bounce back game as they travel to the Meadowlands to take on the New York Jets. The Jets are severely banged up on offense. The 49ers are severely banged up on defense. The Jets are going to be without Le'Veon Bell, Jamison Crowder. The 49ers will be without George Kittle, who just got ruled out. Also Richard Sherman. So both teams definitely limping into this game, but I think the 49ers are still the 49ers. They're going to figure it out, and they're going to get the job done here. I have to agree with you. Um, just I feel like it just puts – it's not going to be as clear-cut as a victory for the Niners. I think Kittle, who's pretty much going to – is their number one receiver technically right now. I know, I know he's a tight end. I'm not stupid, but – um, number one pass catcher pass catcher there you go but um, I, I do believe that you know it just puts more pressure on the wideouts but we'll just have to I mean I do agree with you Niners over the Jets Travis's favorite footballer Brandon Ayuk will be playing making his NFL debut so hopefully that will help out the 49ers win their game then the Denver Broncos take on the Pittsburgh Steelers as I said the Steelers beat the Giants uh, James Conner will be out, I believe. Not exactly sure, but he was injured in that game. Denver Broncos were in a hard-fought battle with the Titans last week. They were not able to get the job done. But I think Pittsburgh has a very staunch defense. Ben Roethlisberger didn't look great early, but I think he got it together late, and I think he will get it together once again. Steelers beat the Broncos. As Dominic fiddles with the mute button. Sorry, I was having trouble because uh, my phone's at 10%. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So, so Dominic's just going to fall apart. Well, I told you, yeah. Dominic, you, you know, we don't need to look eye to eye and have video on. You can just, you know, shut the video off and. Okay, fine. Okay, well, but yeah. then I can't, but then I can't mute and unmute. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can mute and unmute. Oh, you mean when I swipe it, like, hang on. There you go, Dominic. Add up, boy. So, Pittsburgh taking on Denver in Pittsburgh, Dominic. Who is winning? Go with Pittsburgh. I feel like uh, they – yeah, I'll go with Pittsburgh. I think Ben is just better than uh, Locke, so I'll go with Pittsburgh. The Jacksonville Jaguars take on those Tennessee Titans. Uh, I, it was my lock of the week that I think the Colts are going to beat the Jaguars. They did not, unfortunately. Uh, this is called Dominic's Picks, and I keep making the picks before Dominic. So, Dominic, you take it away. Who is going to win, Jacksonville or Tennessee? I think I'll go with Mr. Tennessee, just because the Colts don't really have anything. I mean, I'm sorry. The Jaguars, I think, just aren't really up to you know, up to par. I think I think the Tennessee Titans are just a little bit better than them. I think the Titans will get the job done here. I think Jacksonville might overachieve a little bit. I think Gardner Minshew is underrated, but I do think that Tennessee defense, along with Derrick Henry, just running it down their throats, they will be able to get the job done. So we get the Detroit Lions taking on the Green Bay Packers. NFC North matchup. The Lions were so close to winning, but then rookie running back DeAndre Swift drops the ball in the end zone. Hate to see it. And then Green Bay, on the other hand, absolutely handled the Minnesota Vikings. So two teams, kind of one coming off of a good win, another one coming off of a heartbreaking loss. I think the Packers will beat the Lions. High scoring affair. I think we're going to see more of the same from Aaron Rodgers and the Packers passing offense. I think you are 100% right. I do think it is going to be high scoring, just like you said. I think the Lions, out of all the teams that lost, I feel like the Lions probably showed the most promise. So, but I'll still go with the Packers. Then the Buffalo Bills will go to take on those Miami Dolphins. Uh, Miami Dolphins lost to those New England Patriots. Uh, I mean, I feel that this one's kind of, an, maybe not an easy one, but kind of an obvious one. Dominic, who are you going with? Well, I mean, if it's an easy one, I mean, you should know it then, right? So you're going to go with the Dolphins? Go with the Bills. What was the ass? The mascot having fun with the squeaker toy? Yeah, that's why I have to fucking mute it so quick. You probably didn't even hear me say the Bills, but, you know. So, yes, yeah. me, me and Dominic will go with the Bills, Bills Mafia, because Dominic, nobody circles the wagons. Like who? The dog squeaking toys. There you go. We get the my not the Miami, the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Indianapolis Colts. Both teams I thought were going to get the job done, get the win. They do not. Who gets the bounce back win in this matchup? The Vikings or the Colts? Brandon, out of all my years of watching professional football, I think I'm going to have to put a lock on the Vikings. All right, there is Dominic's lock of the week. The Minnesota Vikings will beat the Indianapolis Colts. And since it's Dominic's lock, I got to go with them. The Vikings will get a bounce back. Uh, I think the defense, or not the, well, I mean, that defense of the Vikings, people thought that it was going to be at least good, was not very good against the Green Bay Packers. 
don't think the Colts offense is as stellar as the Green Bay Packers, but I think the Vikings will win the game here. Then going over to Arizona, the Cardinals will host the Washington football team. Both teams coming off of a, I would say somewhat surprising upset, Washington beating the Eagles, Arizona beating the 49ers. But if you listen to the podcast, I told you that was going to happen. I think it'll be more of the same here with Arizona getting the job done against Washington. I mean, not to take anything away from Arizona, when uh, when I made the pick last week, it was just because I think I was thinking the Niners are going to, you know, ride that train that they were on and just cruise it back to the Super Bowl. I didn't expect for them to lose. But with that being said, I think I will go with the Cardinals just because if they can beat the 49ers, I think they can beat a lot of different teams. Then we got, I think, the marquee matchup of the afternoon games. We get the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Houston Texans. Ravens handily beating the Browns last week. The Texans kind of handily getting beaten by the Chiefs last week. So Houston trying to bounce back from the loss. Baltimore trying to continue to ride that wave. Dominic, what say you? Who's going to get the job done here? Ooh, I think it's an easy pick. I wish I had another lock. But I don't. So, but I will go with the Baltimore Robins. I think this is where I'm going to differ from you. I will go out on a limb and I will say the Houston Texans get the job done. They will beat the Baltimore Ravens. Not really. You're smoking any, crack. Not any reason behind it. I just feel as though the Texans maybe need to get this win, you know, playing two tough teams to open up their season. Maybe the two teams that'll face off in the AFC championship. But I think Houston will get the job done here. And if I, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I'm just going to go for it. We Kansas city chiefs take on the Los Angeles. I almost said Clippers, but it is the chargers. We got the chargers barely squeaking past the Cincinnati Bengals after the Bengals kicker pull, you know, suffers a severe calf, hamstring not calf hamstring cramp something or another but the chargers were able to squeak away with the wind just like that squeaky dog toy or my squeaky gaming chair dominic do the chargers do the unthinkable as they christen sofi stadium with their first game do they beat the kansas city chiefs hell fucking no it's the chiefs dude if the chargers can barely beat the Bengals, and that was just because the kicker blew his leg out i'm gonna go with kansas city that's the only type of analysis that you can get here on curveballs and chair shots. And I got to agree with you. I will go with Kansas city as well. Then moving on to the primetime games, Sunday night football, new England Patriots traveling to Seattle to take on those seagulls. The cam looked really good. Rushed for a lot of yards. As we said, he was going to two touchdowns. It was against the dolphins, the dolphins, not exactly on the same caliber as the Seahawks. I think this will be a, a good matchup, a fun matchup, but I think the, Seahawks will win in a group, you know, a boring slugfest, low scoring affair. I think I'll go with them Seagulls, AKA the Seahawks, just because I saw what Russell Wilson did last week. And I, I honestly, he's looking good. I, I wouldn't doubt if he just keeps going and going like he did last week. Now the Monday night football game, there was some maybe early talks possibly of your boys going to this game because it is my two favorite teams in the whole wide world. But due to pandemic and obviously because this game was probably gonna be very expensive. We are not going to that game. 
The New Orleans Saints are taking on the Las Vegas Raiders in the new Alliance Stadium, the Death Star. Looks sexy. Can't wait to go to it for a WrestleMania. But the Saints, who will not be with Michael Thomas, he has an ankle injury. He will be out for a few weeks is what they are saying. Dominic, who is going to win this matchup? Can the Raiders upset the Saints? So, I know last season, season before, got pretty much every season we've done Dominic's picks, I've gone heavy on the Raiders. That streak will continue. I will be going with the Las Vegas Raiders. Any reasoning behind it besides you being a homer? Well, they're not really a homer anymore because, you know, they're in Las Vegas. But I digress. Um, no, I, the only reasoning I would have behind it is, well, actually, take, do you know if Ruggs is playing or not? That is a key factor in if these Raiders win. Not, not just, I'm not saying he is the reason, but he is a big reason if he does play that they would win. But do you know if he's playing? Well, I was hoping that you could uh, continue talking for a little bit as I tried to look it up. Let's see. I am going to click on Henry Ruggs. And as of this moment, he did not participate in Friday's Ooh. practice. He is officially listed as questionable. But Ooh. Michael or Mike Evans was designated as doubtful. He was able to play that game against the Saints. Didn't get any targets, really. So I don't know if you're going to put Henry Ruggs in the same category as Mike Evans. But from fantasy's standpoint, I would say do not start Henry Ruggs. But from a football's perspective, I think if the Raiders really have any shot of winning, I think they really need Henry Ruggs to, uh, you know, really stretch out that defense so not everyone's in the box trying to stop Josh Jacobs. Because Josh Jacobs, good God, he is he was a beast last week. And he out McCaffrey'd McCaffrey. And that then that's that's the whole if Ruggs doesn't play – your next best bet is Jacobs. And if you're not covering rugs, you can put more in, the, in that hole in the pocket and stop them. So I, I'm still go with the Raiders just because I feel like it, it just feels right to go with them. So I'm going with the Raiders. And I will go with the saints. I think even though I didn't really like what I saw from the passing offense, they really uh, relied heavily on Avin Kamara. I think the saints will still be able to get the job done. The, I keep harping, but I think the defense is uh, really good on the Saints. People always talk about the offense, but I think the defense is uh, good as well. That Raiders defense, on the other hand, not very good. I know the Panthers have a lot of playmakers, but allowing 30-plus points to the Panthers, I mean, come on now. That's not a good start. So I don't know if it's going to be as high scoring as last week, but I think the Saints get the job done here. Now, moving on to Thursday Night Football. Thursday Night has all the hard-hitting matchups that you want to see, even though this Cincinnati Cleveland game was a lot of fun. We get another barn burner in the Miami Dolphins taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, you're putting me in a really hard, tough predicament here, Brandon. Um, I mean, I, I, my gut's telling me Miami. And I think, uh, I think I'm going to go with the gut instinct this day. So let's go with Miami. And I will go against you with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I kind of talked about it. I think Gardner Minshew is spoiling this tank job to try to get Trevor Lawrence. I think the Jaguars will get the job done. So we got a lot of differentiating picks. So maybe uh, close the gap on you. Maybe I uh, overtake it. Maybe we'll see Brandon's picks from now on. Or you totally shit the bed and I just, you know, submit my claim to I'm the best. And then I just stop recording my victories or my record, and I just keep doing yours because you're the one with the segment. Now, 
we are done with the scheduled sports topics. Now let's go mm. to the mailbag for uh, everyone's, I guess, second favorite segment. Mr. X's questions of the week. Do, 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 do. And we don't have any other questions from other people because your boy may or may not have forgotten to ask for them on the Instagram. You're a slut. Uh, Anyways. Say that again. You're a slut. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Anyways, so. Ooh, a little feisty here. You ready? He says, hi. Doesn't give like a how you doing? Hey, you got any? Just hi. So that, that, that's when he knows. He's going to start a little feisty here. It says, first off, when it comes to the Bengals, my tears dried up years ago. Growing up with them in the 90s, you quickly get used to disappointment. That being said, watching Joe in his first game in last night, there's flashes of brilliance that give me hope. But as I, but as I said, it's the Bengals, so I'm not holding my breath. Brandon, are you holding your breath or no? We've kind of already talked about this. I am... Joe Burrow looked very good yesterday and last week. And kind of, it seems though that the recipe for success success is to have a really good rookie contract quarterback. And if they can put the pieces together now, Joe Mick, I mean, I really think it's that offensive line. If they can get the offensive line and the defense under control, this, this team could be pretty good. I mean, you have Tyler Boyd, you have AJ green, AJ green possibly might not be with the team anymore, but I think if you are able to, get that offensive line under control. You have Joe Mixon, who I know, poor Tyler. He always <laughs> he always picks up Joe Mixon, hoping for the best, and it just doesn't pan out well. But Joe Mixon still is a good football player. Now, if you get the defense and the offensive line under control, I do feel as though you could get back to those playoff yes. runs with, you know, back in the day with Carson Palmer and everything like that. Now, who knows what the ice – obviously, Joe Burrow hasn't reached his full potential yet, which we've seen him – flashes of brilliance thus far and if he's as good or as dominant as he was in lsu mm-hmm. then he has the case to be made for one of the best quarterbacks of all time because college joe burrow was just insane okay so uh, the other thing is as far as my red legs go they are doing things right now don't want to elaborate because i don't want to jinx them which we will respect for wishes mr x so that does it for the sports part portion Bye, Travis. Yeah, bye, Travis. Bitch. Anyways, when it comes to pro wrestling, I've heard this comparison before. It's like watching a sports team. We spend most of our time complaining about how awful they are, but when we don't stop watching, it's because we still love it. Wanting for these moments where we say it was all worth it. Do you feel this is true? In my opinion, someone who, I mean, Brandon, you probably watch it more than me, Mr. X probably watches maybe, I'm going to assume, about the same as you, maybe even more, you know. But I've never – I mean, I, it's not that I stopped watching it. I've never – it's not that I stopped watching it. I still love it. I just don't have the time of day to spend watching a Raw show for three hours because unlike Brand, – Brandon likes to skip – and fast forward and stuff. I like to watch the whole entire thing if I'm going to watch it. So you just, so. You're, you're all or nothing. Either you watch all of it or you watch none of it. Exactly. I do watch a lot of clips on uh, YouTube and or if I'm on Twitter, Instagram, uh, you know, I'll be sliding through something and I'll, okay, look, there's that. I'll watch that, you know, whatever clip that is. And if it's something that really catches my eye or gets me intrigued, then I'll go full fledged into it. But like, I don't, I'm not going to record it and watch, you know, beginning to end. Because I like it live, first of all. And second off, you know, I, 
if I don't like the first part of it, I just turn it off. It's not, and I still love it. You know, it could be awful. It could be great. I still love it no matter what. Well, when we watch our NXT pay-per-views at your house, I have noticed that you're very bad at staying off your phone and then you get something spoiled to you. And also the studio audience <laughs> is bad at doing that as well. So I just think it's more of a personal thing because you're not able to, because I'm fine with watching raw later on in the day, stay off my phone. Don't get any spoilers. Mm-hmm. Well, for the most part, like raw and SmackDown, that doesn't really matter. But yeah. I, I do feel as though for the last maybe few months in this pandemic wrestling, I have maybe fallen off a little bit with raw and just WWE in general. I don't really watch SmackDown all that much. I mean, now that Ro- honestly, like since Roman came back, I'm a little more intrigued. I'll like watch Roman stuff and see what he's doing over there. Mm-hmm. But if I wasn't doing these podcasts and like having to rewatch and like, you know, talk about it, I don't need, I'll be honest. I don't even know if I'd be watching raw and SmackDown and WWE at this point. I probably would just be watching NXT, AEW and new Japan. Okay. And well, there's two questions left. I think uh, this one, might be might might we might talk about for a second question is will we ever see a female version of the legendary tag team title matches like the hardys dudley's edge and christian there is the possibility would you think it would be would you think it would be as i would say gnarly hardcore or do you think it would just be well i just just fest well i think like in general now we've come kind of numb to the spot fest. I mean, we were in attendance for the TLC match, the women's TLC match, and it was pretty fun. It was kind of a spot fest. We mm-hmm. also saw Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks at Hell in a Cell, really the only bright spot of that show. So we've seen women have good hardcore style matches. Yeah. And I just feel like the tag team division in general, it's not very good. I mean, there's no more iconics. And I mean, who really in the tag team division, can you see having a match like that unless you're going to put together like Shotzi and EO down in NXT, make them a tag team and like have them just go crazy and have some sort of hardcore spot fest. I mean, I just think right now there's, I don't see the talent or the acts that could lead to that, but I do feel like maybe later on down the road, whether it be in AEW or in WWE, you could see it. Okay. And last, but very not, least we have this amazing question which you know everything about and i don't any interest in the rovh peer title term tournament to be honest i thought he was gonna ask about new japan because the g1 climax starts tonight baby and your boy's gonna stay up at one o'clock to watch it i've been slipping on the new japan and i'm excited to get back on that g1 grind but no i have not paid attention to roh haven't really paid attention to roh in a while Okay, and that does it for Mr. Rick's questions of the week. Ba da bum bum bum. Great analysis. Now. The only stuff Two you can get here from curveballs and trash shots. Two jingles now. He gets an entrance. He, he just like us. He gets an entrance and exit song. And they're and they're different, just like mankind. Amazing. All right, so now we're gonna go over raw going to go over it pretty quickly we got the main event was drew mcintyre taking on keith lee it ended up finishing in a no contest after retribution invades we saw a retribution promo pretty much just the same thing as normal uh there's rumors and speculation of who's in it mia yim dijakovic you know some other nxt people the match itself was fine you know get a little glimpse of what these two guys can do i kind of don't want this match to this match shouldn't have taken place anyways because i don't really like keith lee 
being in these like matches that don't have finishes and you're kind of just spoiling, you're kind of just making him spin his wheels. I wish he would get out of this McIntyre Orton feud because he's just kind of a third wheel and make him just be in a feud with Aleister Black or some other heel on the roster. I mean, I, I understand why he's there, but I think it's just going to be a hundred percent total waste of his character. It's going to just ruin him. And next thing you know, we're going to see him in AEW because they release him because they don't know what to do with him. We had a women's raw title match. Oscar defeats Mickey James after an awkward, weird finish to where Oscar had Mickey James in the Oscar lock and Mickey didn't tap. She didn't pass out or anything. The referee stopped the match. And then he said it was because Mickey James couldn't continue. Don't know exactly what happened. If the referee messed up, if this was an audible, Dominic, what, what the hell happened here? Uh, I honestly don't know. The only thing I could think of is they probably didn't know how to end the match. So what's better than just fucking over Mickey and then you can go off the storyline like that, turn Mickey heel maybe. Yeah. That, Cause there's, the there's just not enough. Of. There's not enough turns in WWE. So why, why not have more? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Uh, we get Cedric Alexander cutting his first, well, eh, whatever he cuts his first heel promo and then he faces against Ricochet beats Ricochet. I mean, your thoughts on kind of the first step after the uh, the Cedric heel turn? Thought it was fine. Uh, I they need to fine tune it a little bit, just because if you're going to be a part of that dominant fa- faction, you know, you you really need to make sure your shit's you know up to par. The only thing I didn't, li- or the main thing I didn't like about the retribution invasion angle is you had MVP in the Hurt business come out. And talking or, you know, quote unquote, helping the brand and being baby faces in the moment by standing up to the big bad retribution. Because I guess retribution are the main heels, but then the hurt business are like, you know, less of heels. So then they can go up and make baby faces. I didn't like that part. Why can't you just have baby faces attack retribution? Why not have heels do it? Because how many baby faces do we have that are big, bad, tough, and, you know, scary that are baby faces not a lot i mean yeah you can have kevin owens do it but i mean i think it kind of you know not brings his character down but i mean to to fight off retribution i just feel like it's not it sounds bad i feel like it's he's not meant for it you if you're gonna put any baby faces against it it's gonna be the you know b c c list roster you know the main event players all that kind of uh, the main event uh show wrestlers not fucking well the two main event guys are already in the match to begin with with drew mcintyre and keith lee and those are your two top baby faces kevin owens there's a substantial fall off and then there's even more of a fall off when you go to the tag team division ricochet and guys of that ilk and i think it just lends more to what wwe is just doing with the division or their roster overall keep talking exactly as you said dominic so we speaking of dominic we got Dominic, who spells his name the wrong way, took on Seth Rollins for the umpteenth time. But this time, it was in a steel cage match. We had the whole Mysterio family on the outside cheering him on. Raw, raw. We had Seth Rollins' buddy Murphy on the outside, tries to help out Seth. It backfires. In the end, Seth does get the job done, gets the dub over Dominic, but he beats up on Murphy a little bit. We get Aaliyah, Ali. I don't know what the hell her name is. Mysterio's daughter kind of, you know, asked Murphy if he's okay. So don't know if that was anything, but just, you know, a person being nice to somebody doesn't have to do with the storyline or means that 
Murphy's going to be simping over little Mysterio. It might, who knows, but your thoughts on the match and maybe finally this feud is over because it's getting kind of repetitive and I don't want to see Seth and Dominic have another match. Dude, you totally know that now buddy Murphy's or Seth Rollins, buddy Murphy is going to be, you know, trying to get with Dominic's sister and that's going to be turned into a storyline. And then it's going to be, but it's going to be Murphy and Dominic and then Mysterio's then Ray's going to get involved and, going to be a shit show so you know that's what next is going to happen let's see so we're going to have the 31 year old murphy and a love feud love angle with the 19 year old low mysterio she's 19 she is 19 i mean eh, i mean it's not illegal it's just creepy it's not i mean i don't know if it's, it's creepy it's just a little little big Big age gap. But maybe, anyways, maybe maybe not the good time uh, when everyone's talking about pedos and all that kind of stuff. Maybe not a good idea to put a 31 with a 19-year-old. Okay, let's just move on. We get the Street Profits facing against Cesaro and Nakamura. The Profits win, which means Cesaro and Nakamura will get their win back later, and then we're going to get the, the rubber match for the tag team title unification match. Right, Dominic? Yeah. Right. As... I cannot see Dominic, but I would assume by the muffled voice that he is eating, once again, his Buffalo Wild Wings boneless chicken wings. Yes, Dominic is a boneless chicken wing guy, so if you want to go yell at him in the comments, yell at Dominic and call him a child. I'm, I'm actually not wings. eating the Buffalo. I'm not. I mean, I, you are right. It is Buffalo Wild Wings, but I'm eating the ultimate nacho that we decided to split. So up your ass. You get, you're going to split it up my ass? possible okay Seth not Seth Rollins Kevin Owens takes on Aleister Black this is a feud for some reason because Aleister Black is a heel now and that's that Kevin Owens gets the win storytelling I mean it I like Aleister Black a lot but this whole heel persona I understand it's just him being like badass and whatever but it just doesn't make any sense. I no. feel like he had so much to do as a babyface. The titles he could have won as a babyface, but now we're going to be subjected to him as a heel winning a mid-card title, which is annoying. Speaking of Raw Underground, for some reason we have SmackDown's Braun Strowman shows up at Raw Underground because there's no rules and anyone's welcome. But uh, yeah, so Braun Strowman, I don't know if this is like his new thing now. But they had the uh, the stare down with Baba Ko, whatever the hell the dude's name is. So I guess that's what Strowman's doing post Fiend feud. I mean, let me ask: Are they going to have an underground title? You think? And that's what Strowman's going to do next? I don't know. I hope not. I mean, if you're going to have the title, at least take away another title, like maybe make the twenty four seven title the underground title. I don't know. I just less titles the better. Now, going on to AEW Dynamite, we kick off the show with a tag team match, because that's usually what always happens with Dynamite. FTR takes on the Jurassic Express, but first, we get the Young Bucks come out, and they super kick the referees. So, Dominic, just kind of your thoughts on that angle. We didn't get too much in terms of storylines with the elite, you know, falling apart, but that was kind of the main thing that happened, kind of further establishing the Young Bucks, I guess, heel turn 
and then they throw a wad of cash at Tony Khan. Let, let, let me ask this, Brandon, because you watch New Japan, you watch the Young Bucks for a lot longer than me, but I feel this heel turn isn't how to say like it, it doesn't it feels so like i i'm sorry i gotta i gotta break kayfabe for a second i'm sorry is that okay oh god i know wrestling is fake but damn this them super kicking the referee throwing the cash and all that it just oozes fakeness to me like they can do my opinion they can do other things that make it more I, I would say to, to get more heat on them than just super, super kicking a referee and throwing cash at, at Tony Khan. It, I'm sorry. It's, they could do a lot better at turning them heel, cementing their heel turn than just super kicking a ref and throwing cash at someone. I do agree. There was no real reason for why they super kicked the referee. Like when they super kicked Marvez last week, it made sense. He was there kind of bugging him, you know, tell him to fuck off, kick him in the face. That makes sense. I understand. But yeah, for, them coming out for no reason, super kicking the referee. It was kind of just being a heel for the sake of being a heel. I, I mean, I agree with you, Dominic. You're, you're, you know, you really made up for not knowing that Fernando Tatis was on the San Diego Padres with his take, because I think the the heel turn. I think with Kenny, who I think is eventually going to be a heel, and they're going to like actually form the OG elite. He's kind of just kind of wavering back and forth. You know, he gets kind of hot headed, but for right now, in the moment, he was fine. The Young Bucks are kind of putting on a boo-boo face. And yeah, you know, Hangman fucked him over in the tag team title match or whatever. But it's like, I want to get a little bit more storytelling or a little bit more, you know, flavor from the Young Bucks right now. A promo, a, a match or something or another. Or just leave them off the show entirely. I mean, I'll probably leave them off for now just, just because you can kind of let him, um, you know, simmer in his feelings have him come back and that's when you can do an attack on the champion and john moxley whoever the match itself ftr defeats jurassic express good match what you would think jungle boy gets a lot of the heat put on luchasaurus makes a little bit of a comeback in the end jungle boy loses ftr gets the win continues on their dominant streak dominic uh, any thoughts on the match itself and where ftr goes in the tag title pitcher honestly i don't know Best friends? I don't know. Yeah, that seems very likely. Now, we'll just go right to it. Speaking of the best friends, they take on Santana and Ortiz in the main event, a parking lot street fight, very similar to the old school SmackDown versus Raw parking lot brawls with the cars circling around the parking lot. Uh, I thought this was actually a really fun match, very different with the best friends, not not a lot of comedy. Yeah, you kind of had the finish with Orange Cassidy and everything like that. I really liked how Santana and Ortiz came across. I think this might be the best they've looked in a while. And unfortunately, Santana and Ortiz got the uh, lost here. I don't know if I would have I would have booked it that way because I feel Ortiz and Santana are better than what they're being booked as right now. But as you kind of said, best friends, a babyface, kind of the top babyface tag team at the moment because the young bucks are doing their thing jurassic express just got the loss here so i kind of understand having the best friends get a little bit of momentum and can take on ftr you know whether it be in a few weeks or in november would you see them winning or do you think this is just a stepping stone for ftr to kind of keep to cement that they're dominant i definitely would think ftr is going to get the win here now the thing is if the young bucks are heel 
what does that mean for the FTR Young Bucks feud? Are they going to go? I don't think they're going to go straight into it, but you got Jurassic Express. They lost. You got the best friends. Don't see them winning. I think you could go to SCU. I think that's just something because we haven't really seen STU as a unit really that much lately. They've kind of just kind of split off and been doing their own thing. You could always bring somebody else in, but I think FTR is going to hold on to these tag titles for a while. I, I just, I don't know if like the young bucks and the elite, if they're like, they're starting off as a heel. I think everyone, it's going to just be like the elite back in the day. They're heels, but they're so cool. People are going to like them. And then eventually they're going to turn babyface. Do you see, uh, I think I made the prediction last week that there's a good chance that maybe ROP can come over and be that big, strong, scary, you know, evil tag team. Is that a possibility you think still that they can come in, you know, Join you say, AW. Did you say ROP like we're going? Uh, like I might have said ROP because I'm fucking looking at the studio audience and the mascot. She's playing with this squeaking toy and it's bugging the fuck out of me. I meant AOP. Thank you. Because when you, when you said ROP, I was like, who the fuck is he talking about? And then you know, I just assumed it was a, you know, you misspoke. It meant AOP. Now we got to wait for the 90 day no compete to kick in. So we're going to have to wait a few months. Uh, one of them is, I think, believe still injured. So I don't know exactly what his timetable is, but. I don't know if WWE or AEW continues to bring in these WWE guys. I, as I said, I don't know if you want to get that namesake of bringing in a lot of these WWE guys because I feel you bring in Miro. We're gonna jury still out on him. You have Brody Lee. You have John Moxley, Cody Jericho. Blah 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 blah. I don't know if AOP is that team you want to bring in to maybe someone will be like, oh, they just bring in WWE guys when you can maybe wait a little bit and not get that mantra when you can bring in bigger names like ricochet or kevin steen or sasha banks or whoever bigger name might be out there in a year or two okay well we'll have to wait and see you know my comments are going to be very short right now because studio audience is playing fall guys and she is not doing too good it's okay as long as if the studio audience gets a crown has the studio audience gotten a crown before dominic has uh no she hasn't won a single thing hate to see it maybe uh, later tonight we can someone can get a crown for the first time then yeah. hangman adam page defeats kazarian good match kenny omega was on commentary and as i said wasn't overly heelish doesn't want to, he's distancing himself from adam page uh after the match kenny leaves hangman tries to look for his buddy kenny he wasn't there sad cowboy now i said last week it was kind of hard to tell who was the baby face and the heel obviously i think hangman is the baby face in the situation but i think this was a good way to put sympathy on hangman kind of you know he's he wants to have a friend he's lonely now i don't know if that makes him kind of like for lack of a better word a bitch or something like that i i, I still feel like you know having making hangman sympathetic might not be the best way to really portray him but i think you need to make him like, you know, flip a switch, snap, let me not snap, but, you know, get serious and, you know, get that badass edge back. I mean, I think it's going to take something pretty drastic for him to, to make, how you said, make that switch. But Is that a we'll, Kenny Omega attack or a Young Bucks attack? I, I think it's probably going to be him searching, you know, going, maybe going to the Young Bucks being like, hey, you know, I could really use you guys or something like that and then they they all maybe gang jump him or something like that 
Woo, popped a molly. I'm sweating. MJF has a quick squash match, and then he cuts a promo, says that Dick Turner John cheated, and he should be the champion, blah, 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 blah. Very straightforward, good MJF heel work here. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of – Jesus. I'm kind of I, – I don't know. Ever since that last promo before their championship match, I've kind of, you know, fell off the – MJF wagon. I feel like he's not really doing too well. But then again, you know, I, I think he's probably still one of the better heels heels in the company. The Kingston family cuts a promo. When I mean they cut a promo, Eddie Kingston cuts a promo. They beat up on some guys on the outside, further establishing that they're heels. And then Eddie Kingston says that we got our family in order. So now it's time for to get your family in order talking to the blade. And I would assume that that is insinuating something with Allie, the bunny. I mean, fine. I, does this mean we're getting like butcher and blade taking on QT and Dustin? I mean, bunny on a pole match. <laughs> I mean, uh, pin the tail on the bunny. No, Mary, I, Studio audience. Sorry. Studio audience. Oh, God. I don't know. Brandon, can you hear her fan? No, but we can hear her. But we can hear you. That's all you got to remember. Everything you do, we hear you. Yes, exactly. No, we're not going to see QT Dustin versus Butcher Blade. We're going to see the bunny make a rare appearance and it's going to be some stupid segment of, you know, where's Allie? Oh, she's off doing something. Oh, who's the bunny? They're going to not They're Yeah. It's going to be something stupid like that. Watch. We get Chris Jericho and Jake Hager's first tag match officially in the division. They defeat private party. The match was fine. I think this is what you're going to expect from Jericho and Hager as a team. I mean, it was Okay. Nothing really much to say here. I don't know exactly how far they can climb. Are you going to get Jake and Jericho in the tag team division like as challengers? Maybe Jericho turned babyface. And I, I don't know. It's just kind of – I think it's something to get Jericho doing something but not, you know, wasting those singles matches. I mean, I don't think he'll go as far as turning babyface, but I definitely think that uh, we can see Jericho – I, I I would actually see them face. I can see them facing FTR for a title title shot. I don't think they'll win, but it might. You know, like you said, it might turn Jericho babyface. It might, you know, disconnect him from uh, Inner Circle, which is always a plus. Because I mean, actually, it it hurts Inner Circle, not Jericho. But you know, I I can see them winning. I mean, lose, uh, getting a championship shot, but not winning. We get a women's match: Thunder Rosa takes on Eva Lise. Uh, if you follow us on the Instagram, there is a report out there that there might have been some uh, shoot strikes thrown in this match. In the end, Thunder Rosa gets the win. We had Diamante come in, beat down Thunder Rosa. Uh, the champion, Hikaru Shida, makes the save. Shida looks at the NWA title, kind of hinting that maybe this time they're going to fight again, but it's going to be for the NWA title. I don't know if you want to touch on the shoot aspect of the match i thought the match overall was very good i thought the you know this kind of collection of women that AEW has right now definitely has been producing some good matches and i think thunder rosa has definitely been a plus for that division i agree a big help big plus the only thing i gotta say is 
because you brought in someone, I, I think it should light a fire with most of the other female wrestlers. <laughs> if it doesn't, then I think AW. I know you have to have a keep. You have to have enough backstop of talent because if people go down, you need to fill spots or you need to have that on hand. But you know, if if certain wrestlers can't, you know, produce these type of matches, I think you need to teach a you know teach them a lesson and be like, you guys are gone, cut them. But that's just me. Um, the shoot style fight, whatever it was. Well, seems as though we have lost Dominic. Maybe this means that his phone is officially dead. But no matter what, we will continue to chug on the podcast. We got, uh, whatchamacallit, the Lance Archer and the snake guy, Jake Roberts. They say that they have a tag team match going up against John Moxley, a six-man tag team match. They need to find some partners. They don't really want to find partners because they're not really a partner type of guy, but they talk to Taz. Taz has his guys, uh, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. They have a, a little bit of alliance. I thought it was a good, uh, you know, whatchamacallit, segment, kind of alluding back to the Battle Royal things that they were talking about earlier you know, the last few weeks. Then John Moxley comes out. He cuts, he was going to go fight them, but then Brian Cage and Ricky Starks were in the crowd. I'm going to be honest, got me a little bit. I was kind of dating back to when John Moxley made his entrance and there was that crazy fan that kind of ran in a little bit, but it was Ricky Starks and Brian Cage. Then John Moxley cuts a very, I thought a very strong short promo, just kind of building up the match and just talking about, you know, what's it going to, Oh, God. I need to send the Zoom code to the studio audience, assuming that this is Dominic texting from the studio audience's thingy-majig. So let's see if I can... uh, While on the podcast, I will try to send the code over to the studio audience and see if we can get the illustrious return of Dominic. Now, here we go. The link has been set. Now, as I said, I really did enjoy the promo, and Moxley said that he will be teaming up with Darby Allen. Seen that in the past, but also we will be getting Will Hobbs in the match as well. Will Hobbs, a staple over here in the Bay Area. We've seen him a few times at APW shows and things of that nature. I thought. We got, oh, look at that. We have Mary Avila in the chat, a.k.a. studio <laughs> audience, a.k.a. Dominic. Dominic, unfortunately, your You're phone finally died, I fall. assume. Now, your thoughts on the penultimate segment of John Moxley, Lance Archer, Brian Cage, blah, 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 all of that stuff. I mean, would you, would you consider it the official of... Mr. Hobbs, or you, you, you cut out there the official one of Mr. Hobbs. Would, would it would it be the official debut of Hobbs since he was officially signed, or is it just him joining Moxley's side? Do you think we've seen him? I don't. I think we have seen him maybe once or twice on Dynamite officially, like in a match. He was the the security guard or the handler of Britt Baker, but I mean. We've seen uh, yeah, Will Hobbs getting some momentum on Dark. 
the news came out that he has officially signed. Don't know if this means he's the designated fall guy for the match, but I have always liked Hobbs. I think I've seen something in him. He has a good look, you know, big, strong dude, a little bit on the shorter side for his body type, but uh, I've, the jury's out because I've never really seen him speak and what his promo was like, but his personality and the way he comes across in the ring, I've always enjoyed. Uh, I, I, I'm not big on him. I'm sorry. He, he, I've never really watched anything from all from APW and even his AEW stuff. So I, I, I can't be a judge. Um, I I'm know not here he, saying he's going to, you know, turn on Moxley and be the next champion or anything like that. I'm not saying he's going to like be in that ilk, but I think he's a solid mid card, maybe baby face. Don't know what he can be like as a heel. And I agree, but you know, coming down to it, I mean, you do have a pretty decent heel, you know, s- selection. So I, I don't, I don't know. I don't see him, you know, overtaking I, I don't see him beating a Chris Jericho or you know anybody like crazy like that I think maybe so. he has more of an upside as a heel not because I think he can be a better heel than babyface but I think it's more that he's kind of one of those un quote-unquote unknown names that when and if fans come back I think it's always going to be hard for AEW to get fans to boo people so if you get someone who's not really known on the indie scene that well, turn him heel, really establish him. It's a lot easier to get someone to boo him than say Kenny Omega or Cody when they have returned. That's true. And we'll just have to, you know, wait and see. All right. Now, finally on to NXT, Dominic. I know you, you must have had a hard time watching this. Your two favorites win at it. Non-title, Io Shirai takes on Shotzi, Dominic. If you were to choose, who is your favorite? Is it Io or is it Shotzi? I mean, I'd go with Shotzi just because I feel like she she's well-deserving. I mean, she's been kicking ass, taking beatings and whatnot. So I'd go with Shotzi just because. But unfortunately, Shotzi did not get the win in this match. She did take a beating. I really enjoyed this match. It was the opener. I thought it was a good, hard-hitting match. And in the end, Shotzi and Io shake hands. You know, they're all everyone's friends. Everyone loves each other. It was just a good, straightforward wrestling match to have a wrestling match. But it also elevates Shotzi in the loss. And and this is what I'm talking about. You have, you know, Shotzi, EO. I mean, in the coming weeks, you're going to have Candice, Tegan. Uh, you, you, they, and, and NXT has a great women's division. WWE has an okay women's division. AEW needs to really needs to find the next breakout star or they need to find something because if competing divisions, they suck. We get Tommaso Ciampa in a squash match, gets the win. Jake Atlas comes out at the end to challenge Ciampa. And later on in the show, we get Atlas with the, you know, roving reporter asking him a question. He talks a little bit. Ciampa attacks Atlas in the parking lot and we get Kyle O'Reilly telling Ciampa to, you know, stop it. Don't do it. You got a match next week. Why are you attacking him? So we've speculated Adam Cole turning babyface. That seems as though that's happening. Kyle O'Reilly, very babyface thing for him to do. But it was also interesting because uh, Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong had a match where they were clear-cut heels. So are we going to get two babyfaces, two heels in a disputed era? What's going on here? 
maybe it's a total, you know, uh, rip apart of Undisputed Era. Maybe you have Cole and O'Reilly face, fish and strong heel, and you bring in the next wave of heels. Champa taking on Atlas. Atlas, you know, kind of not really on the rise, but just a newcomer to NXT. Any chance he gets the upset victory over Champa here? Do you kind of establish Champa to possibly face off against Ben uh, Balor <laughs> as the studio audience tries to tell her tell you about her Fall Guy woes? Uh, no, she's she gave up on Fall Guy. She's going to Fortnite now because she is the Switch God. Well, no, she's playing on my PlayStation. So now, she, now she's the PS God. She what? Excuse me. Say it again. She's the PS God. Sounds like you said penis God. I did not say that. You said that. Dominic, quit getting your mind out of the gutter. Okay, whatever. But no, I think Ciampa will get the win. Finn Balor cuts a promo, very similar to what we've seen him do in the past. You know, the delivery, the demeanor is fine. There is no real substance to it. I mean, we're going to have a gauntlet eliminator match next week where five competitors will face off as Dominic and I are well aware and well versed in gauntlets. We know how to win gauntlets. Two men will enter every four minutes. A new person will uh, enter the match. Uh, You can only lose by either pinfall or submission. Last person standing will be the number one contender. Uh, We saw some flashes of people who probably are going to be in there. Uh, We got Grimes, Kushida, uh, maybe Thatcher, you know, s- people of those elk, not exactly the top tier people you would think of, kind of that next level down. Do you think whoever wins will beat Finn Balor, or do you think it's just someone to kind of kill time until Cross comes back? I don't know if it's killing time till Cross comes back, but as I said, it's kind of that next level down. But we've also seen those guys wrestle a bunch kind of together. And I think no, I I think it all just depends on who it is, but I think this is definitely just someone to get a win for Finn because NXT Takeover takes place in only a few weeks, October fourth. You're not just gonna have Finn win after the title was bounced around for a month and then have him only hold the title for like three weeks to somebody else with no real storyline drive behind it. So I would assume Finn's gonna win this. It should be a good match. But I'm hoping after this, whenever the next takeover is, whether that be Survivor Series, I guess it'd be Survivor Series weekend in November. But it's fine. I mean, the Finn Balor title reign isn't off to a super hot start, but I think this just kind of gets something to establish him. Okay. Okay. Great analysis. We get uh, Kushida taking on Austin Theory after Austin Theory ask for an open challenge. Kushida wins pretty decisively here. I don't know if this is theory kind of getting punished for all the backstage speak out stuff or whatever. Haven't seen that from Velveteen Dream, but I guess Austin Theory gets uh, the hammer down a little bit more. Sorry, I, I was paying attention to a new emo. Oh my god. The new emote is amazing! Sorry. Um, is it another TikTok emote? called uh brandon it is called the roly i don't even i i just dominic nxt <laughs> um do, do you really think do you in your honest opinion do you think it's because of speak out stuff or do you think it's 
Well, he was with Seth on Raw. He was at WrestleMania. And then now we don't see him for a few months. Comes back in NXT, loses, and then loses again to Kushida, which, you know, Bronson Reed, I think, is higher than Kushida. They're doing a little bit with him. And then he beats, Kushida beats him pretty decisively. I think it's, you know, kind of a statement, you know, I mean, he's so young that you can bury him a little bit here, but then I think you can build him back up. He is a heel. Heels are a little easier to come back from these things than baby faces are. So, I mean, I, I, he has potential. I'm not like super high in thinking he's going to be the next superstar main event in WrestleManias in five, 10 years, but I think he has like a good foundation to be something. He, he's the one that was from Evolve, right? Correct. Okay, I just want to make sure. Who's like 21. Oh, well, 21 making more money than us. Great. Yeah, well, hate to see it. We get Brizongo defeating Imperium to retain their tag team titles. I think this was just kind of something to get the rematch out of the way. Imperium can go on to NXT UK because UK NXT is getting back up again. Match was good. I don't know if this is a long title reign for Brizongo. Maybe it's more for Legado del Fantasma to hold on to, but the tag team division unfortunately just is not what it was in NXT. LWO gonna rule the world eventually guaranteed now. I feel like we've been saying that since like the second episode and we're on episode 152. So it's going to happen by 200 watch. All right. We get Kaden Carter and Casey Catanzaro taking on Isaiah Lee and Jesse Camilla, a fine short women's tag title match the baby faces get the win here Zia Lee, i don't know if it turns heel or was very heelish doesn't offer up a handshake to casey and kaden i mean i've never really seen too much in zaya i don't think she's gonna be in the main events face at eo but it's it's fine i mean i don't, nothing really much to say here speaking of this tag match are these kind are these female wrestlers anyone of these women would you pick out for that women's tag title match ladder match like Mr. X asked? I mean, I would probably say Casey and Caden just because they're the more established team. Casey still, I mean, she's so tiny and so small that I am kind of fearful that she's going to be injury prone. She's never really had that opportunity to really be an everyday player Caden I I mean I like her I think she's she's a decent enough wrestler I just think all four of them they, they definitely wouldn't be my first or second or maybe even third picks for uh you know to start up a women's division but maybe Casey and Caden I mean Casey is so athletic and she can probably do some crazy things but neither neither one of these teams really excite me to you know set the world on fire Okay, I was just asking a question. Don't need to be mad about it. Jeez. I'm sorry. I'm so I wasn't able to eat dinner before the podcast, so you know, I'm hangry. Sorry. Speaking of dinners, we are coming off of the Gargano dinner with Candice LeRae and Tegan Knox. They each have their own separate video promos talking about each other, blah, 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 blah. And we will be getting a women's battle royal next week for the number one contendership. Pretty much the entire women's division will be put in a ring. Battle Royal, straightforward. Tegan and Candice are the two women really having some sort of feud going into this. Don't think that means one of them is going to win it. I think maybe they cancel each other out. They both knock each other over the top rope. But Dominic, your thoughts on the feud itself and anybody you're thinking is going to get the job done and win next week. How is that a feud? Aren't they, didn't they just eat dinner together? How is that a feud? 
well, Dominic, if you uh, watch the show, you would know that they had dinner, but it didn't really go so well. There was spaghetti thrown, salad thrown, a TV was broken. You know, they tried to, to patch things out, but it just didn't work. That was my way of trying to get you to explain the feud, Brandon, for people who don't watch the show. It's kind of, you know, I'm leaving oh, not, not you for, along. Not for you, but for other people. Exactly, man. Exactly. Sorry. sorry. That, that was my bad. But Dominic, who do you think? Lama. 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 Who do you think Lama. is going to be the number one contender for EO's women's championship? Oh. It now? will be Rhea Ripley. And I will go with the opposite. I will go with Mercedes Martinez. Boom. You heard it here first. Put the lock in. We get Drake Maverick and Killian Dane being your next odd couple team. Drake has well, Drake and Dane were supposed to have a tag match against the Undisputed Era. Dane doesn't come out. Drake has to face him two on one. Then Undisputed Era gets disqualified after Dane finally does make his return, but he's not really lovey dovey with Drake. And it's just kind of an okay, fun, lovable lower card storyline. Do you think this odd couple is the next tag team champions, or do you think it's just something that gets? I think probably. I mean, I'm not going to put like you know money on it by any means, but I think the tag team division like needs some new ta- new talent. That if they kind of fuck around and win the titles, I wouldn't be surprised by it. Is Killian Dane the one Nikki Cross is dating or married to? Correct. Okay. Jealous? You are. I know that for a fact, Jack. So jealous. Then in the main event, Damien Priest takes on Timothy Thatcher for the North American Championship, and Priest walks away with his title. Good match. As you would expect, Thatcher makes Priest wrestle his style but Priest was able to get the job done at the end. I feel as though I've said get the job done about 20,000 times on this podcast. Maybe that's my new gimmick. That's my new saying or my new crutch that I keep using. I mean, you, you, could, you could probably trademark that. You know. You know. You know. Yeah. You do know. But I mean, Timothy, yeah, Timothy yeah. Thatcher, I think I, – I don't, I don't see him – anytime soon get an NXT title, but I I really am high on him. I think he could definitely get it. Just because he's able to make whoever he's wrestling wrestle his way, it's not like he has to give in to theirs, which is, I think, pretty cool. So I, I like Thatcher a lot. I do like Thatcher a lot as well. Good match from Damian Priest. I think he's uh, one of those guys that isn't going to carry a match by any means, but he definitely can be elevated to have a good match. I think this was a good match as well. So that will do it for us for today, Dominic, or the studio audience, as it says on the Zoom call. That was it. We got uh, another big show next week, week three preview, week two reactions, and we're going to give our official baseball playoff predictions. And maybe... A series or two in the NBA will be done by that point. Maybe we'll preview and, the finals. And maybe my phone won't die or I'll be using a laptop next time. We can do, you know, video. Maybe, maybe. maybe so for maybe. Dominic Hops in the studio audience, the mascot, the mascot squeaky toy, and the big dog, the little dog, and blah, 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 blah. My name's Brandon Tangoma. This has been Curveballs and Chair Shots and what? Uh, who? I, I don't know.
what, exactly. what, was I to, what was I supposed to say there? I don't know. You said something and you cut me off. No, there. that was her. She was mumbling something because she's playing Fortnite. Anyways. Goodbye and goodnight, McGangbangs. <laughs>